Hello, beloved, and welcome to this evening's message on the book of Revelation. We're still busy with it, and what a privilege to be busy with the book of Revelation. Now, we're going to look at verses 9 and 10, and then the other verses right to the end of Revelation chapter 5, hopefully uh, in this message. Before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for the book of Revelation that teaches us so much about Christ, that teaches us uh, so much about you and so much about the future and so much about what uh, this vision of heaven that we are busy with now. There's so many things for us to see. And we pray, Father, that you will enable us to understand your word and enable us to apply the truths of your word. Uh, to our own personal lives. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, Revelation chapter 5. We're going to read verse 9 and 10. And this is what it says, And they sang a new song. Now, last week we really looked at this, but we kind of focused in on the redemption part, on the salvation part. But now, let's zoom in on our verse, or the verses that says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll. And to open its seals. Now, this is speaking about Christ, the Lamb of God, the one who is worthy to open up the scroll or to take the scroll to open up the seals. It says, For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. You know, reconciliation takes place between God and man through Jesus Christ. Now, he's the one who reconciles uh, sinners to a holy God by saving them regenerating them and then changing them, justifies them, uh, imputes his righteousness into them so that when they come before the Father one day, they are declared righteous because of what Jesus Christ did on their behalf. All right, so he says, And he and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Wow, amazing. Beloved, this is a beautiful new song. And this song proclaims how worthy Jesus is to receive all of our adoration. Right? And and by the way, it will be a a magnificent sound. I, I think for that's just personally, I believe that all the sounds, all the uh, the singing, all the praise, all the worship in heaven is going to be perfect, which means perfect pitch, perfect singing, perfect uh, noise, perfect sound, perfect everything. So it's going to be something magnificent to to listen to, right? And remember that all the voices, and this is the vision that John has of heaven, of, of the throne where God is, and all the voices are in one accord, all the voices in one accord. Beloved, by, but these people are from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So they're not people from the same family that, that are, let's say, gifted musicians that has good voices or whatever. No, these are people from all over the world, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Yo. It is amazing. So you have these these voices that will sing in one accord. And this the song that is praising Jesus will will basically be the 
part of the redemption of of, of uh, us being redeemed from sin and death. It, it it because when we are in heaven and we sing this new song, because these are the saints of all ages that are singing the song, it means that we've been redeemed. And obviously we're singing about it for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So this song basically praises Christ Jesus for the redemption that we have received. This, this is just absolutely amazing. Now, the song will be accompanied by uh, the, the beautiful music of the harp. And that must be something. Now, we grow up in a, in a country or in, maybe we are in a society or in an ethnic group that, that doesn't really use harps. Okay? In those days, uh, a harp was an instrument that was used by society, by the people. So it was a very well-known instrument and people loved the sound of a harp. You remember that David also played the harp? Uh, and even when Saul became very, very angry and the demon took possession of Saul and he wanted to kill David, David would sit and he would play on the harp. And, and the beautiful sounds that came out of the harp basically calmed the demons inside of Saul. It calmed those demons down. Absolutely amazing. Now, we must remember that the blood of Jesus Christ was and is and will forever be the redeeming factor. Now, it, it is just how it is. That's why our passage says, says to us, as he says, and he's worthy to open up the seals, for he was slain, Jesus was slain, and redeemed us to God by his blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Okay? So it is Jesus Christ. It is, how can I say, it is his shed blood that redeems us. Beloved, I, I love the fact that nationalities, nah, um, let's say people groups, uh, uh, let me just get there quickly again, uh, let's call it tribes and tongues and peoples and nations are represented here, are spoken of here. Just absolutely amazing. It, and it's amazing if we look at the world today how there is this, how can I say, there is this, this power that is trying to separate nations from one another. This is where this whole racism thing comes from. Trying to, to pin one race against another race, when in fact we are all one race, and that is the human race. Yes, we have different pigmentation on our skin. Some people are more dark than other people. Yeah, some people have got different um, facial expressions than others. Some people have different body build as, as others but beloved when it comes to the gospel when it comes to salvation when it comes to eternity and when it comes to god there's only one race the human race yes we we are from different nationalities that's true and we're not only from different nationalities we're from different tribes and tongues and people groups that's for sure and, and we all have our own cultures and we have our own understanding of things or whatever. But when it comes to salvation and being before the throne of God, people from all nations and all tongues and all creeds will be there. 
That's the amazing thing because we are all human beings. So there's this, I, I believe it is a man-made, Satan-driven uh, separation, or let's say division that is taking place in the world where they try to pin groups against one another. Let's say, for example, in America where they've got the uh, conservative party yeah, and the, uh, how can I say, the democratic party, all right? And what they're doing is the whole time in the mainstream media, they are pinning these parties against one another all the time. And they get people to start getting upset with one another, to fight one another, to burn down places and so on. And let's say, for example, it's the liberals that burn things down. Um, people that are so-called Democrats, let's say they burn things down. Then the liberal media says nothing. They say, no, that is peaceful protests. But where the Republicans will say, no, th those are bad. Those are, are hostile. Uh, and, and the people are burning things down. But that's how they pin things, uh, uh, people against one another. And then you have racism. Black against white and white against whatever. Uh, obviously, in the world that we live in today, all whites are black. Uh, all, all whites are black. All whites are, are racist, uh, according to what is being said today. And people of color cannot be racist because they've been oppressed through all the years. They, they make up definitions and they make up theories and they make up all kinds of things. And it's because they do not understand what God has said in his word. In the beginning, there was two people, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve was God's creation. And it's from Adam and Eve that every single person from this, that's on this earth, we all come from Adam and Eve. Right, if we want to bring it a little bit closer, um, obviously there was a flood, eight people survived, and we are all descendants of those eight people. That's how the earth was filled again. It was through Noah and his family. Beloved, but there is this, this, how can I say, this getting people to stand up against one another to bring division and all these kind of things, because in that way, Satan is actually fighting the Creator. Because God created us with our different uh, skin colors, with our different expressions of our face and of our bodies and whatever. God did that. All right. When it comes to the languages, it was God who confused the languages at the Tower of Babel. But what does the world do? The world is against God. Satan is against God. He wants to destroy God. He wants to destroy God's people. He wants to destroy God's creation. So what does he do? He comes up with all these race theories and all these kind of things. Are there people who are racist? Of course they are. That's, there's no two ways about it. Beloved, but when we are Christians, that is something that we should not even talk about or think about because uh, among Christians, racism is not supposed to exist because we understand that we all come from Adam and Eve. And the amazing thing is when we get to heaven, if you can't live with your, your brother and sister who, who's got a different skin color than you have, how in the world are you going to be in heaven forever and ever with that brother and sister? No, we got to wake up and we got to leave the things of this world because the world is indoctrinating God's people so that we start thinking like the world. I hate it when I hear about racism within the church. I hate it when I hear all these racist nonsense that is being pumped into the evangelical world and, and how people are falling for it. And they're preaching it from pulpits. It is just 
it, it's 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 vulgar. Now, salvation is for everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and repents of their sin. Now, that's where salvation lies: faith in Christ and repentance of our sin. So, if salvation, or let's say, if you can only come to salvation if you believe and repent, then who's excluded? Beloved, nobody is excluded. Because salvation is not directed at a certain group of people on this earth. Salvation is through faith or by faith. Now, you've you got to come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ and repent of your sin. You see, Jesus died for sinners, whether South African or American or Indian or African or Chinese or Russian or whatever. Jesus died for sinners. And if a sinner uh, repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved. And they will be in the presence of Christ forever and ever. You see, salvation is a free gift offered to everyone who would receive. That's the beautiful thing. This whole, how can I say, Jesus is a white man's God or a white man's Savior or whatever. And then you have people that says, no, uh, there is Jesus was a black man. Who cares? Who cares what the color of his skin was? He was a Jew. So who cares what color the skin of Jesus Christ was? Let's say he had a dark complexion. Well, praise God for Jesus Christ who died for our sins. Now on our behalf, he died for us. If he had a light skin, fantastic. He died for our sin. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the only begotten, unique, one-of-a-kind Son of God who who left heaven, took on flesh and blood, and who died, was buried and rose again on the third day, and he paid the penalty for our sin. That's that's what it's all about. All right, but then verse 10 tells us that uh, we have been made kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Now in verse 10, speaking of these kings and priests, Uh, This could be rendered kingdoms or priests in that kingdom. Right? That's how it can sound. If you, you, the translation actually is is more um, than just kings and priests. It, It could be kingdoms and the priests in that kingdom. Beloved, we will see later in Revelation that Christians will reign with Christ Jesus for a thousand years on this earth as obviously subordinates of Christ. All right, but they will reign with him for a thousand years. Now, just as they were priests with uh, a high priest over them, when we reign one day with Christ, it means that we will be ruling under Christ's rule. All right, but we shall reign on the earth. A similar um, promise is given to the multitude, which knew no man could count the number of, and that is in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. 
when they are resurrected after the tribulation. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4. All right, this the same promise is made to them. Beloved, together the, the the Christians who were saved before the tribulation, along with the saints saved out of the tribulation, they will rule and reign during Christ's 1,000-year kingdom reign on this earth. That's exciting. But again, it is so important that we need to understand, especially us as Christians, and, and as believers of Jesus Christ or in Jesus Christ, um, we, we need to take this word into the world and explain to people, listen, it's got nothing to do with people's skin color. It's got to do with people's soul. We all have the same soul, the same color soul, I think. I don't think we have different soul colors. And it's our souls that needs to be saved. Our, our souls need to be redeemed. Our souls need to become in, uh, come in line with Christ Jesus because we have an eternal soul. Our soul is going to dwell on and live on forever and ever. And we need to be saved. We can be so preoccupied with, with uh, racism and institutionalized racism and uh, social justice and this nonsense and that nonsense that we forget that we are Christians and we are supposed to live out what is expected from us from a biblical perspective. The Bible is not a, a social or socialist handbook. Now, the Bible is not a communist manifesto. The Bible is the Bible, and we will be part of the kingdom of Christ. Okay? And we need to start living as, as, as citizens of that kingdom. And the rules of that kingdom is completely different. If you are smacked on the one, hand, on one cheek, you turn the other cheek. If you are forced to walk one mile, you walk two miles. If you are uh, forced to, to give your, your undercoat, then you also give your jacket. There are so many things in this king, in the kingdom of Christ that are completely different. And, and Christ expects us to obey him, not obey the world and all the rules and all the stuff that is made by the world. Obviously, the, world, the, the, the um, government has been instituted by Christ for a specific purpose. But if they start bringing in things that are completely contrary to the scriptures and what God is, is telling us in his word, then we follow the word. And we are a prophetic voice to, to the government to say to them, listen, come in line with God's word. In the meantime, we preach the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we are light and salt. We, we speak forth and we show the light of the gospel. We show the light um, of, of what it means to be a Christian in this dark world. And we give off salt. We, we bring persevere, how can I say, um, flavor wherever we go. All right, so, and we're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Amazing. Now we get to verse 11. Chapter 5, verse 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Ha! Huh. Beloved, that's a lot of people. And a lot of angels. And yeah, let me tell you, it's a lot of people and, and uh, angels. Because he says, I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around about the throne and the beasts and the elders. 
and the number of them, so that's all of them included, that's the angels and the beasts and the elders, all together is this enormous number. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. You see, this number is not a literal number. And uh, it's, gonna, it's not going to mean a lot if we can try to figure it out. It just means that it's a large amount of a number, maybe too large to count. So this is a very, very large company of ministering spirits and angels and uh, saints throughout all the ages. And by the way, the voice had to be loud to be able to speak to such a multitude of people né? or a multitude of angels. Now, 10,000 times 10,000 equals 100 million. But then it says plus thousands and thousands. Uh, so uh, we don't know what that number is. All that we know is it's a lot. That brings us to verse 12. Verse 12 says, saying with a loud voice, this is now the uh, ten thousands times ten thousands plus thousands and thousands, and this is what they are saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. What What an expression of these 10,000 times 10,000 plus thousands of thousands and thousands. What is being said is so important. And it's crying out with this loud voice. And and it must have been uh, something for for John to, to kind of write about. And it must have been amazing for him to hear. Because it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. Oh, wow, it's amazing. Love it. The interesting thing here is that this huge gathering was all saying the same thing. It's basically total adoration, total recognition of Jesus Christ, eh? of who he is and what he is. Absolutely amazing. It's not that they could give Jesus anything because he is the second person of the Godhead. But they realized that it was correct for him to possess all things or for him to receive all the glory. It is right to to bring him the power and the riches and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory and the blessings. To honor him, to worship him, to glorify him, for he is worthy. Absolutely amazing. And by the way, he's the only one that is worthy to open up the scrolls and to to break the seals. Yeah, to take the scroll and to open the seals. All right, this brings us to verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea... And all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Wow. Speaking about the Creator here. Isn't it? We know that Jesus 
uh, spoke of himself as being the creator first john in john chapter one we read that jesus christ is the creator all right so if we speak about every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth all right those who are in the sea and uh, all of them in one accord saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to christ who sits on the throne or to god who sits on the throne eh? and to the lamb forever and ever and to jesus christ Yo, so it means that everything on the earth every little living thing they all cried out blessings to god and to christ now the him who sits on the throne that obviously could be god the father and God the Son. Uh, probably it's Elohim, yeah, the triune God. Remember that Elohim is the, the plural of the singular uh, word for God, which is El. Elohim is the plural. Yeah. So what we have here is we have the, the God in his, how can I say, in his Trinitar- Trinitarian God. Okay. Especially when we look at the separation that we find between the one who sits on the throne and the Lamb. Because we know that the Lamb is Christ. The one who sits on the throne is God the Father. All right, so uh, most probably this is referring to Elohim. Nah, the, how can I say the triune God? And then this praise was not for a limited time. But it was to reach into all of eternity because he is worthy. He is absolutely worthy to receive all the praise and all the worship that can be given to him. And, and by the way, the word sits means to continuously sit. Ah, absolutely amazing, beloved absolutely amazing this picture of of what happens before the throne is just so beautiful then we get to verse 14 it says then the four living creatures said amen and amen means so be it nah? right so the four living creatures said amen and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever sure. so these representatives of the saints, or let's say the saints of all time, they're saying, Amen. So be it. May it be established. Oh, beautiful. You see, our worship of Him will never cease. Because it is true. It is, it is how it is. And it's going to be like that forever and ever. You see, even heaven... Uh, we will be praising and worshiping the Almighty God, the Triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, in closing chapter 5, and uh, finishing off so that, God willing, next time we can continue with chapter 6, in chapter 5 we saw three outbursts of praise and worship that was directed at Christ and God the Father. Eh? And the first one is the beasts and the elders, who praised the Lamb for having redeemed them through His blood and for giving them authority in the future to reign on this earth. 
Okay, we see that in verse 8, 9, and 10. And then secondly, we see this myriads of angels also praising the Lamb for His glory and His wisdom. We see that in verse 11 and 12. And then every area of creation worships both God the Father and the Lamb, who is God the Son. Yeah? And we see the prayers of the saints in verse 8. It could be the prayers for the fulfillment of the Messianic kingdom, that the, the prayers of the saints are praying to fulfill everything that God said that would be done so that the messianic kingdom can come to its fruition, to its fullness. Oh, beloved, it's just absolutely so beautiful. But every area of creation that worships both the Father and the Lamb, we find in verse 13 and 14. It's just absolutely amazing. Beloved, and this is the glimpse we get from of, of heaven, of, of the throne. This is the the glimpse we get from the vision of uh, of John and so many things that happens all at the same time but wow amazing worship amazing amazing worship what would it look like if we could experience this kind of worship on this earth i don't think the world world will be able to contain it now because it's it's out of this world it's something beyond what this world can offer the Almighty God. But beloved, I, I hope as we read through this and as we've just touched on a few things in, in, in these verses, that we have a glimpse of the Almighty God on His throne with the living creatures and the 24 elders representing all the saints of all the ages and the angels singing the praises of him who sits on the throne. Oh, what a picture. What a picture. And I think it can help us in our prayer time if we can take a passage like this and just read it again. And as we read it, just to, to, to say to the Almighty God, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's so amazing that what happens before the throne is so glorious that we can't even reach that standard. But Father, thank you so much that there will be a day when we will bow before the throne and that standard will be reached because we will be with you forever and ever. And just take a passage like this and, and just pray over it because we are praying what John saw in a vision about what happens on the throne and about Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, worthy to take the scroll, to open the seals. He is worthy. And to be, how can I say, and His glory and His majesty can be sung by us. Can be, he can be glorified by us because He is indeed worthy. And that's chapter 5. Thank you very much for listening. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we could get a glimpse of the throne where you, the living Almighty God, resides. Thank you that we can have this picture of the, all these amazing things that happen, but then, more than that, thank you that we can see or, or hear from John the worship 
that is taking place in heaven so that we too, in spirit and in truth, can worship you for who you are. Oh, Father, make your revelation real to us. That which John saw in a vision, and we're reading in the pages of the book of Revelation, make it alive in us, please, so that every time that we worship you or every time that we pray to you, Father, we pray that we will see something of the greatness and the holiness of you, the living Almighty God, and your, your awesomeness and your glory. So that at the end of the day, Father, we may worship you uh, in a way that, that really brings honor to your wonderful name. So, Father, I pray, please, make chapter uh, 4, chapter 5, alive in us, so that you may be glorified in and through our lives. In Jesus' precious name. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you his peace. God willing, until next time when we continue with the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I hope that we are learning something about Jesus Christ and who he is and how awesome our Savior actually is. Right, till next time, God willing, bye-bye.